Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is February 15th. Today we are going to begin Genesis chapter 19. And in Genesis 19, we're going to take a look at two different things that both bring us back to the same principle. It's interesting, in Luke chapter 17, verse 32, we have one of the shortest scriptures in the standard works. It's spoken by the Savior, but it's actually really powerful and really important when we understand what it means. In that verse, the Savior says, remember Lot's wife. So let's dig in today and figure out what are we supposed to remember when it comes to Lot's wife and what are the lessons that we are supposed to learn. But before we get specifically to Lot's wife, let's take a look at the first couple verses of chapter 19, because here we're going to see a very similar principle. Starting in verse 1, it says, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Now, a couple of things here. First of all, Joseph Smith's translation teaches us that it wasn't two angels. It was actually three angels. And so most likely these are the same angels, the same messengers that God sent to Abraham. But what's fascinating to me here is that Lot seems to receive these men, receive these angels the same way that Abraham did. He obviously recognizes them, recognizes the divinity in them, runs to them, still shows this urgency that Abraham showed, bows himself before them, and asks them to tarry with him a little bit, wants to roll out the red carpet for them, give them a place to stay, to wash their feet. He makes a feast for them. He does all these great things that Abraham does. And it's interesting because I think sometimes Lot gets a really bad reputation. But really, I think Lot is a lot more like us than we want to recognize sometimes. He had really good moments of really great faithfulness. He left his homeland with Abraham because of his faith in the Lord, left all his comforts and everything that he knew to follow Abraham. He clearly has faith in the Lord and can recognize his goodness and divinity in these angels. But what's hard here is that Lot, for all his good attributes and his good nature still pitched his tent towards Sodom. I don't think he ever could have understood the devastating effects that that one choice would have on him for years. That desire to have his feet in both worlds was just such a crippling decision. There's a part of me that has to wonder if Maybe Lot was doing all these external things, right? I'm going to show that I have faith and I'm going to leave my homeland behind. I'm going to show my faith and I'm going to bow myself before these guys and roll out the red carpet because that's what I'm supposed to do. But maybe he was doing everything right externally, but not letting those actions change him internally. We can do that as well in our life, right? We can go to church, we can say our prayers, we can do the service, but unless we're actually 
taking those things to heart and allowing the Savior to change us through those experiences, we could end up like Lot. Because it seems to me that Lot felt that the world, that Sodom had something to offer him that the Lord couldn't offer him. And that was something that he sought after. Elder Maxwell used to call this idea the desire to keep a summer home in Babylon, to mingle in both worlds, to try to be good and to try to do the right things, but also to reserve the right to sin and to look to the world for that fulfillment. And that, it seems, is what Lot was doing here. He chose land that, yes, bordered Sodom, but he didn't have to face his tent towards it. He didn't have to look towards Sodom, seeing what it could offer him. Now, as this chapter goes on, there is a lot of really confusing things in it. A lot of things that would make you go, huh, that does not sound right. And that's because it's not right. (laughs) There are a lot of Joseph Smith translations here. So as you study this chapter, make sure you're using those Joseph Smith translations. And even with those Joseph Smith translations, there are still a couple of things that don't sound quite right. And I urge you to remember that the Joseph Smith translation wasn't complete. Joseph Smith went through the Bible the first time and made those translations, but it was always his plan to go back and to do that again, to find what he had missed and to translate and correct more things. And so if you're reading this chapter, if you're studying this chapter and thinking that does not sit well, there's a reason why. But long story short, these messengers from God, these angels tell Lot that he has got to get out, that he has got to leave Sodom. And he kind of drags his feet at first. He doesn't just get up and go. But something really important that these messengers tell them, they say, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And so with time, they decide to go and they take off and they leave. And Sodom and Gomorrah begin to be destroyed. But in verse 26, we learn this. It says, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, on first reading, that sounds a little harsh. But let's understand something very important. And it's the same principle with Lot in the beginning. God does not want us to have one foot in his kingdom and one foot in Babylon. Lot's wife didn't just look back. It's not like she was curious about what was happening and wanting to see the destruction. She looked back because she believed that Sodom and what she was leaving behind could offer her more than what the Lord was offering her ahead. She wasn't just looking back, but as Elder Holland teaches, she was looking back longingly. It's interesting. I have an old friend who got into some trouble and really struggled with some sins in junior high, but cleaned up his act, went on a mission, things like that. But post-mission life, he used to refer to those junior high days as the good old days. And that never sat well with me. It felt like Lot's wife. It felt like he was looking back at the sin that he had left behind in a longing way, thinking that it could offer him more than what his life on God's path was offering him. I remember being so worried about him and the choices that he would be making because of that looking back longingly. He wasn't turned into a pillar of salt, but he is no longer active. We have to understand that if we will follow God, if we will trust him, if we will put both feet in his kingdom, 
He can offer us more than anything that he might ask us to leave behind. Repentance offers us more than sin. God's kingdom offers us more than Babylon. Always. Last summer, we had Brother Corbett, who is the first counselor in the General Young Men's Presidency, come and speak to our youth for youth conference. And he said something that was so profound. He said, faith is forward looking. Faith doesn't look back to what the past had offered us. Faith looks forward to what God can give us. And if we're so busy looking back, we miss out on God calling to us. We miss out on the future that he longs to give us. And my friends, when it comes to sin, there are two types of looking back. We can be like Lot's wife and look back longingly, and that is wrong. Or we can look back with guilt and shame. And my friends, if we have repented, if we have used the atonement of Jesus Christ, that is wrong too. Once you've made your car payments and paid off your car, you don't continue to make those payments. You don't keep looking back to that loan and paying it over and over and over again. Rather, you move on, grateful that the payment was made. And my friends, the payment for you and I was made long ago. We don't have to look back when the atonement of Jesus Christ has been applied to our lives. And we should never look back, believing that the world can offer us more than God can. Because God's love, His mercy, and His power exceed anything that we could possibly leave behind. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.